you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose. This is the podcast that helps you to live on purpose. That's the whole purpose of the Live on Purpose podcast. Now, that's getting a little technical, maybe, but uh, that's what we're doing here. I hope that you have enjoyed the other episodes. If you're coming in for the first time on this episode, I hope you enjoy this episode, and then go get the other ones and spread the word. We want as many people as possible to be tuned in to Live on Purpose. We're doing some exciting things here every week with guests and topics that are geared toward helping you to take control of your life and to to create and live the life that you love. That's really the purpose of what we're doing here. I want to welcome my guest today, Ross Moore. Hello, everybody. This is Ross. Hey, Ross. Glad you're back. I'm glad to be here. This is really fun. Do you want to know something? Yeah. You, you always want to know something, don't you? Of course you? I do. Why you're not? always seeking knowledge. You are the very first returning guest. Awesome. For Live On Purpose. <laughs> And that's very appropriate because Creation Tree Coaching is one of the primary sponsors of this program. And uh, that makes sense because it's our company. (laughs) This is where my coaching business is housed in Creation Tree Coaching. And uh, so you'll be hearing actually a new advertisement today on the podcast from Creation Tree. I'm sure you're excited for that, Ross. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm sure people will, will not be able to get enough of hearing me talk during the podcast and then also on the commercials. I think that'd be great. That's right. Well, the commercial will even come on when you're not here. So that's kind of cool, too. I want to introduce another guest who's here with us in studio today, Mr. James Knowles. Say hello, James. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And he just kind of wandered in. You were walking down the hall. You looked in the door and you thought, hey, this is the Live on Purpose studio. Didn't you think something like that? Well, you came here on purpose, didn't you? I did. I did not come here by accident. (laughs) Because you wanted to see what we're doing here on Live on Purpose. And I'm glad that you're here. Uh, We'll probably pick your brain about a few things as we go today, too. But welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> it's definitely a brain worth picking, by the way. Oh, yes. James is one of these extremely bright people that you don't encounter very often. Yeah. And I've had some Not exchanges enough, with yeah. you, James, that have really helped me to keep my brain turned on and to think some things through in a, really a more responsible way. So we'll start with that as an introduction. I appreciate that, and I hope I can be a brain worth... Uh, Worth picking. picking. <laughs> <laughs> Brain oh, pickers we'll pick. anonymous. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's let's dive right in today. We've got a topic that uh, far exceeds the limits of this program. So we're going to take a hack at it, a whack at it, a chip at it, whatever you want to call it, and see what we can what we can come up with to help you understand a powerful concept. And I'll introduce it through through this paradigms. 
you know, what, how do you define paradigms? Some people say, well, it's about 20 cents. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about here. A paradigm is the way you view the world. It's your mindset. And there are two basic paradigms that you, you are free to choose. You can choose this one. You can choose that one. But it really kind of boils down to these two. And then we'll work this in a little later, Ross, to a discussion of how it can become a continuum. In fact, it is a continuum. But let's start with just the idea of two distinct paradigms. Now, to understand a paradigm, you can think of it as a pair of eyeglasses. And these eyeglasses that you wear have lenses in them. And Ross, I can see that you're wearing the eyeglasses. I'm wearing eyeglasses, just so everybody at home knows. Yeah, I, I wear glasses. I think uh, we may be able to get James to post some of the pictures he's been taking here today on our blog site. We'll see. They might show up. Who knows? We don't have a live video feed yet. Yeah, we're working on it. But if you had a live video feed, you would see that Ross is wearing eyeglasses. Now, Ross, why do you wear the, those eyeglasses? Why? Um, they help me see better. They help you see better. Yeah. Now, can I adjust that word just a little bit? Sure. They help you see differently. Sure. Now, you say it's better because you prefer the way that I you like, see. I like the difference, yeah. Once you put them on, and that's why it seems better to you, right? right. But really, it's different. Mm -hmm. Okay. I know that's going to sound goofy to some of you, but just, just play along with me for a minute. The lenses that you have in your eyeglasses, Ross, alter or change the way the image gets to your eyes and subsequently to your brain sure so the image is altered the light waves are refracted or bended in certain ways and it it changes the image or your perception of it that's what a paradigm does okay it's like a pair of glasses in that when you put on a pair of glasses everything that you see is changed in some fundamental way by those glasses and so your perception is different because it looks different to you. Would you unplug that thing? Thank you. We've got the phone ringing again. <laughs> it's, we it it only happens when I'm here. Yeah. But you know what? We learn uh, from from our experiences, and so we learn to quickly just unplug that yeah, thing. The, on the we've, first ring. That's good. Well, we've got a line in our studio here that's actually a fax line also, and so it's being used for multiple purposes uh, throughout the day in <laughs> other parts of the office. Anyway. What, see, now where am I? Oh, yeah. The glasses that you wear change what you see. In the same way, the paradigm that you choose alters or changes the way that you see the world. And it's not that the world changed. So think of it this way. If you have the pair of eyeglasses on and, and those eyeglasses have a green tint to the lenses, what happens to everything that you see? You start to see everything in... in green hues, right? People start looking sick and, and right. you know, yeah. the sky starts looking odd, right? Little, your lawn looks awesome. Hey. Right? <laughs> That's what I need to do. I can cut down on my water bill. By wearing green glasses. There you <laughs> awesome. go. Well, the, everything looks green to you. Well, what if the lenses are red? Wow. Then, then people start question, looking like huh? really hot and, and like their faces start looking really flushed. And, yeah. Yeah. Everything, well, these are the proverbial rose-colored <laughs> rose, glasses, rose -colored right? rose-colored glasses. But the point is, it changes your perception of everything that you see through those lenses. Now, did the world change? No. No. But the way it looks different to you because of your paradigm. 
or the glasses that you're wearing or the worldview that you have. Is this all making sense? So paradigm is just the way that you see the world. I started this segment by saying there are two distinct paradigms and you are free to choose one or the other. And usually it's some version of either one. But uh, the two paradigms have to do with seeing the world as a victim. Now, I'm not talking about the victim of a crime or the victim of abuse. Okay, that's Those are words that typically are associated with victim. I'm talking about a victim pair of eyeglasses, the victim paradigm, the victim way of seeing the world. So it has nothing to do with what's happening to you. It has everything to do with the way that you're seeing it. Okay, is that making sense? Yeah. So there's the victim on the one side, and then on the other side, what's the opposite of a victim? You can use your word. You like my uh, words? Yes. I think a hero. That's why I turned it over to is you. Is the opposite of a victim, right? <laughs> a hero. Yes. And sometimes I've used different words to describe that. And you'll hear a lot of different words. I've used the word, the word agent, for example, or someone who's in charge. Um, there's producer. There's uh, a lot of different words that you might hear to describe what this other end of the spectrum is or the other paradigm. Let's just call it the hero paradigm for now. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you're wearing a cape and flying around and avoiding kryptonite. No, that comes later. That comes later, right? We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But the hero, we're, we're talking about a hero pair of glasses or a hero paradigm, a hero way of seeing the world. And we'll contrast that with the victim paradigm. So you have these two basic paradigms. And you are free to choose one or the other. Now, Ross, go ahead and uh, I know you've had a few comments that you're just waiting to say. <laughs> go ahead and, uh, and share some of your thoughts about this initial portion. Well, you know, often when I, when I teach this to my clients, um, what I do is I, I, I draw a line on a piece of paper or on a chalkboard or something. And I draw uh, you know, a line sort of horizontally. And then I draw a, a smaller line vertically like in the middle to just dividing the dividing that halves. line right so mm-hmm. so you have one paradigm on one side and the other paradigm on the other side and on the, the left hand side of that line i i typically call it the paradigm of scarcity right that's Me- right meaning that you see the world through this pair of sunglasses where what you really notice is lack and you you notice grief and you notice hardship and and you notice not having enough and on the other side of the line is the paradigm of abundance, where you you see the world through a pair of glasses that where you where you notice and you become aware of all the goodness that there is in the world, that there's there's more than enough power and then there's more than enough good ideas and there's more than enough money, there's more than enough love and all the good things of the world, there's more than enough. There's an abundance. Now you emphasize the word more. Yeah. It's because more that's your name, I, right? I, the more store. That's me. Yeah. Well, and the scarcity, as you were describing the scarcity paradigm, these people are living in lack. Right. Not enoughness. There's never enough of anything. Right. And and re- that scarcity paradigm is that paradigm of the victim, right? And mm-hmm. and I, I consider the, the victim label 
sort of the starting position of, of the scarcity paradigm. It's, um, mm-hmm. and I don't, I, I don't enjoy calling people victims, but I, I use that word because I think that's how people who are in scarcity see themselves, see themselves. It, it has nothing to do with the reality right. with who they really are. Yeah. It's, it's the opposite of who they really are. In truly. fact, and, and it is a choice. Can I just emphasize that for a minute too? Mm-hmm. And I think that the evil deception of a victim paradigm is that you don't see it as a choice because within the paradigm itself, it doesn't look like a choice. It just looks like reality. It just looks like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you, if there's something that you need that you're not experiencing, it's because somebody owes it to you. Somebody hasn't treated you right. Somebody's left you high and dry. Um, somebody hasn't done what they're going to say, what they said they were going to do. Mm-hmm. And therefore it's not your fault. Right. Mm-hmm. If the circumstances of your life aren't perfectly pleasing to you in the victim paradigm, it's not my fault. Somebody else has done it. That's right. Stick with us through this break. We're going to talk more with Mr. Moore <laughs> about these two paradigms and how it relates to a continuum. Stay with us. This is Ross Kellen Moore of Creation Tree Coaching, and I've got two questions for you. Who are you? What do you want? You see, I've figured out that you and I can absolutely create anything that we really want. But to do that, we've got to be absolutely clear on who we really are and what we really want. So what do you want? More financial abundance? More fulfilling relationships? A higher level of health and fitness? How about finding your work that allows you to create massive value for others in the way that you love most? Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching. We are the world's premier provider of abundance, education, and resources. We are here to help you create the life you really love. Begin now at creationtreecoaching.com. Check out our live teleseminar classes and podcasts. Get to know our coaches and schedule a coaching session. Explore training for your business and employees. Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching and a whole new world that you create on purpose. Relishing a week with your sweetheart in paradise. Spending that same week with other like-minded couples who live in abundance. Increasing your knowledge through powerful seminars geared toward helping you take your marriage to a new level. This is only a fraction of the value waiting for you on this year's Marital Magic Couples Cruise. Producer Retreats has teamed up with Dr. Paul and Craig Rollo to set the theme for this year's cruise as a more perfect union. Join us on January 26, 2008, as we visit the beautiful Eastern Caribbean Islands aboard Royal Caribbean's Freedom of the Seas. Call 1-800-591-2432 to select your package and book your spot. You can get more details at ProducerRetreats.com. Limited cabins are available for this event, so book today by calling 1-800-591-2432. We'll see you on board. feeling it now don't those commercials just kind of get you going i really kind of enjoyed that one but i <laughs> i wish i sounded a little tougher and more manly i don't know it was uh, it'll be better you just sound like you ross 
Okay. I guess that's what I'm not used to, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is an interesting concept that you and I talked a little bit about on our first episode about thoughts become things, and you create these images in your mind, images of who you are and what you're like and how you come across. Yeah. And whether other people share those images or not is... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, usually they don't. They've got their own image. Right. But we all kind of interpret things in our own way, and it's just an interesting thing. Well, we got we got into our topic a little bit during that first section about these two paradigms. You got the victim on the one side. You got the hero on the other side. I feel like I want to spend just a few more minutes defining what those are for people and then expand that in a powerful way that's just going to blow your mind so... Make sure you stay tuned here. Hold on tight. Put on your seatbelt. Grab on. Make sure those earbuds are fastened securely. Because here we go. The the victim always blames. Yeah. The finger's always pointed out this way. It's not my fault. You started to talk about that just before the break, Ross. Do you want to comment a little bit more about that? I mean, the, the basic bottom line is that somebody who's in the paradigm of scarcity, somebody who is writing the story of their life, right? But has chosen to write themselves as the victim of the story, right? Sees themselves in a way where they are, they are put upon by the bad guys, mm-hmm. right? And, and therefore, like we said, um, whatever's not going well, it isn't their fault. They're not responsible for it. And, mm-hmm. and they feel like they don't have the power to change it and the power to make it better. For some reason, they've decided to write their story from the, from the perspective of the victim rather than as seeing themselves as the protagonist, rather than seeing themselves mm-hmm. as the hero who has the power to, to take responsibility for their own life and, and create the circumstances that they want and love and, and mm-hmm. can bless others with no matter what life brings them. And they can choose either one. After all, who's writing the story? <laughs> the pen is in whose hand? Right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And rather than blaming like a victim does, an, an agent, a hero, someone in this other paradigm will always take accountability for their life. And the example that I've used quite often is the driving example where, you know, if you're driving your car and you get lost in your thoughts, James, you probably never do this, do you? Oh, never, never. <laughs> but when you get lost in your thoughts, you know, and you kind of you're on autopilot anyway, and you pass up your exit. There it goes. And I think I shared with you guys before that the last time I did this, I was down in St. George, Southern Utah, and I'm going to see a client who lives off of the last exit. And when I mean the last exit, I mean the last exit in the state. Because the next place you can turn around is Arizona. Nice. So here I am in Arizona, right? And I'm looking around and thinking, what? This is not where I wanted to be. I don't even like this place. Ugh. Now, not, not what I planned. Not to offend any listeners in Arizona. Arizona is a beautiful place. One of my favorite places on earth is in Arizona. Okay, good. It's the Grand Canyon. Love that place. Anyway, back to the story. So here I am in Arizona, and this isn't where I wanted to be at least not on this trip. When this happens to you folks, look down. Whose hands are on the wheel? James? My hands are on the, the steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> it's your hands, right? You recognize them? I All recognize the little them. freckles and stuff, you know, that characterize. It's your hands that are on that wheel. Now, this is the bad news. Because that bites a little bit. What? I am here because... 
I drove here. You see how that bites a little bit? It really takes a gut check to, to take an agent or a hero paradigm because of that. It means you take full responsibility for where you are in life. And of all the victim stories that I hear, and I hear a lot of them, they all have a similar element, and it is, and it's not my fault. And sometimes that takes the, the form of, well, I was just born this way. There's nothing I can do about it. I can't help it. That's just how I am. It's because of my parents. And then they start to blame, you know, people and agencies and, and entities that far beyond that. And there are some favorites, you know, they love to blame President Bush. They love to blame the devil. They love to blame God for that matter. You know, they get a lot of blame for a lot of stuff. There's plenty of blame to go around, right? Yeah, one of the favorites is the ex-spouse. Oh, yeah. For divorced folks, you know. Oh, they are sure that their life stinks because of their ex-spouse, you know. And it's it's always this finger-pointing, this blaming. But an agent or a hero looks down, sees their own hands on the wheel. Now, the bad news is also the good news. Because if it's your hands that are on the wheel, what can you do now? You can turn back around. Oh, you bet. Take it wherever you want to take it. So that is a primary characteristic of these two paradigms, whether you blame or take accountability. And then there's a lot of related or corollary ideas, one of which is uh, the kinds of questions you ask. An agent or a hero, see, I'm, I'm used to calling it an agent. I know. We'll, we'll help you out there. A hero is a great word, too, so I'm, I'm working on changing my neural pathways. That's a different discussion. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the hero... Uh, and the victim will ask very different questions. The victim will say, why me? Usually in a whiny voice, you know. Or why now? Why did this have to happen to me? You know. Why didn't they put up more signs on the freeway to tell me that was the last exit in Utah, right? <laughs> yeah. See how ridiculous it sounds when we put it into that kind of a context? But what about your life? Your life is somewhere, isn't it? It's somewhere. How the heck did it get there? We drove it there. That's the hero perspective. Yeah. If you understand that you drove it there, and it doesn't matter if you're in a place where you don't like to be. I mean, that matters. Your life's going to be better if you get it somewhere else. But just the realization or the acknowledgement that it's your hands that are on the wheel will go so far toward helping you to create and live the life that you love. That is really a prerequisite. Don't you agree with that? Doesn't it have to be in place before you can really change? Absolutely. I mean, the idea that I teach in my coaching is that because each one of us is the creator's child, right? That means that we have infinite value and worth and, and potential. And it also means that we are creators too, and the reality is this, both these paradigms, right? Be, because we are creators, like, like the creator <laughs> has made us to be, we are constantly creating. It's a power that we, we have that we cannot turn off. We are just constantly creating. We can't do anything but create. It's, it's how we were made, right? <laughs> you gave me a really great, compelling image yesterday. Are you going to share that? I'm not sure which one you're thinking of, but oh, the dump truck, right? Okay, the, with cement, the, the cement mixer. The cement mixer. Yes. Yes. Go there. Well, okay. So, Please. you know, I was giving this presentation once and recently in front of this group of all women 
right? It was a, a women's group that I was giving a presentation to talking about this concept that we are creators and we can't turn off the power of creation. And all of a sudden I got the idea that, you know, it's like we're all cement mixers, mm-hmm. right? Which they appreciate. And I was I'm like, sure. oh, great. A bunch of ladies love the idea of seeing themselves as cement mixers. Um, but we're like cement mixers from which cement is constantly pouring out and you can't turn off the cement, right? The cement just keeps flowing. No matter what you do, you can't turn it out, turn it off. We are creators. We are constantly creating the world around us and we're creating our experiences and we're creating our relationships and we're creating our circumstances and we can't turn it off. The, the reality is, is that we are always creating in one of these two paradigms. And if we, mm, if we right. see the world in terms of scarcity, right, it's like the cement is constantly flowing out of us and it's, it's pouring and it's, it's starting to, you know, the stuff that's pouring out is starting to harden into shapes and globs and, and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Into whatever it... Into whatever you're pouring it into, right? Uh-huh. And Whether that's a form yeah. or not. Here's the thing. When you pour cement to make a driveway, say, right, uh, the, the cement guys will set up um, wooden pieces of wood, right, that shape a form of what you want that cement to turn into. Mm-hmm. So if you're shaping a driveway, they, they make it into like the outline of a driveway and you pour the cement and the cement fills up the form and, if, and, he, and you leave the forms in place until that cement cures and it hardens and it sets up and it becomes you know, you know, rock solid and becomes something really useful. Mm-hmm. We, our, our thoughts give us the, the ability to create the forms of what we want. And that creative power that's always pouring out of us fills up the form that we've created with our thoughts and our feelings. Mm-hmm. And if we are creating, if we're focusing on what we really want in life, the, the relationships that we really want and the, the, the wealth and prosperity that we really want, and the circumstances that we really want, we're creating those forms with our thoughts and our feelings. And that creative power is filling those forms with the cement and they set up into things that become durable and, and lasting and real. The problem is when you're not aware of the power you have to create those forms, right? That means you're just sloshing cement around all over the place and it's globbing up on stuff. It's like covering people and mailboxes and cars and it's, it's, it's causing havoc with the power of your creation. It's making things worse. Yeah. And, and so, and so the, the person who's, who sees himself as a victim in that, in that paradigm of scarcity sees how everything is just going wrong in their life and they can't figure out why. They, 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 they struggle to understand that by a simple shift in how you think and how you feel and what you focus on, right, you can begin to use that creative power that's always on to create exactly what you want your life to be about that blesses not only you, but blesses you by blessing other people. So in essence, staying with your analogy, you can pour the cement into the form if you choose, or you can just pour it. You just, can just, just let, let it pour. It yeah. Fly. And I don't know if any of you have had the experience of trying to clean up spilled cement. Ouch. <laughs> James, you're rolling your eyes. You've been there, haven't you? I have. Is that an easy task? <laughs> That's an extremely difficult task once it's set. Once it's set up, and it's this formless but just heavy, dense, in-the-way stuff. And that's what you're creating with your life if you remain in that victim paradigm. I like that concept, Ross, that you're always creating. You're creating something. What what are you creating? Yeah. 
What have you created so far? And is it what you really want? And if it's not what you really want, you have the power to change that beginning right now. That was, that was so well-timed. Thank you. I heard the music. It was lovely. Here's our bumper music. We're going to take another break right now to listen to our sponsors. Please support the people who are advertising on this show. They'll help you to recreate your life right now. Be right back. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. I'm so glad that you've joined me for the Live on Purpose podcast. Please visit my website, drpaul.org. There you can subscribe to my weekly e-zine, Empower. Browse the events page to get connected with what's coming up or pick up some CDs or other great products. I also want to point you toward our sponsors, creationtreecoaching.com and producerretreats.com. When I started doing couple retreats and cruises, I didn't realize what kind of an impact it would really have on the lives of the couples that attended. Listen to what a few of our past participants have said. I did like the title, Good to Great. I think that was the part that I felt was unique. I liked the similarities you made between a marriage class and a, and a business, and that it needs the same type of attention and care, but that the difference between a good business and a great business is exponential, and that's what I found the difference between a good marriage and a great marriage is that it can be exponentially more rewarding. I just think it was a good opportunity for us to spend some time away together focusing on our marriage, which we both feel is very important. And we were able to meet some wonderful people and learn some amazing skills that we could bring home and use. I felt that one of the best parts was that it was taught by Dr. Paul and Craig Rollo and that they are terrific presenters. I'm excited, motivating, and all around knowledgeable about this important subject. With feedback like this, we're going to keep these events coming. Now is your chance to get involved with our Fall Marital Magic Couples Retreat on September 27th through the 29th. You already have a good marriage. Let me and my team help you make it a great marriage. Call 801-221-0223 or visit drpaul.org to register. That's 801-221-0223. So we've introduced these two paradigms and we've talked quite a bit about the difference between the victim paradigm, the hero paradigm, the fact that I really enjoyed that discussion in our last segment about how you're constantly creating. You can't not create. The only question is, what is it that you're creating? And it's all determined by what you're focusing on. Mm -hmm. And it's obvious what you're creating. Just look around you. (laughs) Yeah, right. All that stuff you've been blaming everybody for, uh, you created it. There it is. It's yours. Isn't, isn't that a little harsh, Dr. Paul? I oh, mean, I'm sorry. I mean, it really? I didn't mean to hurt did your I, feelings. Did I really create all the, all the garbage in my life? Well, you know, and I, I say that a little tongue-in-cheek because I know that it's hard. 
And trust me, you know, if you're sitting in my office and I'm trying to coach you through this, I'm going to I'm going to be a little more gentle than I was just <laughs> now. I want to shake you into the reality that yes, you are the one who's creating your life. I believe that if we get your hands back on that steering wheel, actually they never left. <laughs> okay. But acknowledge you, that you can't take your hands off the steering wheel. That's the same thing they're as the there. concrete coming out of the truck. Yeah, and that bites. I know that. I, I buy tissues by the case. <laughs> I understand this. And, it's, and, and we can joke about that and, and have some fun with it on the air because, you know, we're just trying to, to get a general point across. But please look at your life. Please look at your life and realize who the creator of that life is. And forget that it's your ex-spouse. It's not. Forget that it's George Bush. It's not. You're the one who's creating your life. Take responsibility and accountability for that, and the whole world changes. And it's not that the world changed, really. It's just that you changed your glasses. It went from green to red. It went from blue to fuchsia. But your experience of the world absolutely changes. That's right. It makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. Robert Kiyosaki talks about this as stepping through the looking glass and seeing a whole new way to live. A whole new world. And uh, it's exciting. It is powerful. You know, it's easy for us to to focus on, right? We, we were talking about focusing on what you really want. And, and it's easy for us in these conversations to focus on how sort of sadly misguided folks in, in the scarcity paradigm, in that victim paradigm are. And, and we tend to spend a lot of time there because, you know, people relate to it and but what, what we should spend a lot of time talking about is what it looks like and feels like to be in the, in the hero paradigm, in the, in the abundance mm. paradigm. Because, you know, frankly, most people are sort of accustomed to seeing the world as a victim in that mm-hmm. scarcity, sensing that lack. But when you begin to open your eyes to the idea of all of the love that is around you right now, to all of the opportunity that is around you right now, Right, all the all the people and all the experiences and all the the potential for for wealth and prosperity and joy and gratitude. If you start to look for those things, I guarantee you, you'll start to find them. Oh, they're there in abundance, absolutely. And as we begin to focus on those things, then the concrete we're pouring starts to be about those things, and you start to experience more of it, and you start to attract more of those opportunities to you. Because you start to become more attractive to the people that are also living that way. You start having new friends and new relationships and new opportunities at, at work or in your business that mm-hmm. weren't there when you were conceiving of yourself as a victim. I gave a challenge. I can't remember if, uh, which episode it was. It may have been the one that I was doing with you, Ross, a couple of weeks ago when uh, I gave a challenge for people to make a gratitude list. Right. Just write down a bunch of things, as many as you can think of, really. But uh, give yourself some kind of a standard. You know, write down 30 things that you're grateful for, that you're absolutely, genuinely grateful for in your life. And just notice what it does to your thinking, to your feelings. And sometimes you don't give yourself permission to do this. It's like you're, you know, you dig in your heels a little bit and you say, oh, but I'm miserable right now, you know? And I should feel that way. And I deserve <laughs> to feel miserable. So don't be bothering me with things that are going to make me feel happy. 
you know, it's like that cart. I show a cartoon in some of my seminars. James, you've seen it before, I think, with Charlie Brown. I love that one. <laughs> and he's standing there with his head hung low, and he's telling, I think it's Lucy that's there with him or, or Sally or somebody. He says, when you're depressed, it makes a lot of difference how you stand. You know, this is my depressed stance, he starts out with. He says, the worst thing in the world you can do is hold your head up high and and uh, stand up straight because then you'll start to feel better. If you're going to get any joy out of being depressed, you've got to stand like this. You know, <laughs> slumps over again. And we do that sometimes, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Wow. We sort of feel like... Cling to it. I'll be able to feel good. I'll be able to feel joy and gratitude when I've fixed all this mess in my life, when I've scraped up all this concrete that I've been splashing around. When all the stuff is done. Yeah. And this is... So we talked earlier today about the concept of the gap. Right. And uh, just a quick explanation of what that is. If you if you picture the horizon, for example, as you're looking at the horizon, and let's just say that that's your goal, to get to the horizon, what happens as you get closer to it? It moves away from you. It sort of moves on ahead of you, doesn't it? It's always out there, always way out there. No matter how long you go toward it, it's always way out there. True? Absolutely. Well, that's because the horizon is a concept, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a mental construct that we've attached to something that we perceive in our world. But in a similar way, a lot of times people, people judge themselves against some ideal or perfect standard. Oh, I remember I was talking to Summer Morris about this a few episodes ago. She's one of our Creation Tree coaches. And uh, we're talking about self-esteem and how you can compare yourself to this perfect or ideal standard and you always fall short. So the gap idea is that uh, you are where you are, okay? And the ideal is out there somewhere. It's the horizon. And there is a permanent gap between where you are and the horizon or the ideal. Permanent. Permanent gap. <laughs> Now, that's interesting. This was, uh, I had my strategic coach session in Santa Monica just this past Tuesday. And uh, this was a, an insight that I gained just this Tuesday, that that gap is permanent. It's the permanent distance between you and perfection. You will never close the gap. And some people think of that and say, oh, crap. <laughs> oh no oh really yeah but what's the point your, of it all what's your goal you want to be perfect and isn't it true that that the more you progress the more you realize you have to do yeah the, when we get start to get clear on how much potential we really have mm -hmm. right if we really are the creator's children then that is to say that our potential for greatness is infinite, mm. right? It is, it, it is right. just as, just as infinite as that horizon is off in the distance. And, and as we start to begin to move towards realizing more and more of our potential, then yeah, you start to experience that horizon keeps moving and you realize, wow, like the ultimate greatness, it will always be off in the distance, but the, mm -hmm. the powerful thing that you begin to notice is that I am significantly better. I am significantly 
better off and I'm significantly like more useful to my fellow beings than I was before. And that's, that's the key to staying out of the gap. Instead of comparing yourself to the ideal, what if you just stop, take your eyes off of the horizon long enough to look behind you and see what kind of ground you've covered because you know where you used to be and you're not there now, are you? No, you keep moving along. And you can measure that distance and you can take some, some satisfaction in knowing that you have made some progress from that point. Even though you can't tell you're making progress if you compare it to where you're going. To the horizon, right. That's right. You know, and, and one of the ways that I conceptualize this in my coaching with folks, you know, I talked about drawing that line across the page and putting scarcity on one side and abundance on the other with a line down between it. That line mm-hmm. between is that paradigm shift that you have to go through. That's the choice point. Isn't yeah, it? it really is. Mm-hmm. And, and so you write down the word victim underneath scarcity right next to that line because that's the starting point for somebody who's in scarcity. And on the other side of that line, underneath the word abundance, you write the, the word hero because because that is how somebody operates in the starting position of the abundance paradigm. You know, and we've talked about sort of writing your own story of the, whether you're the hero or the, or the victim. The reality is there are good things and there are sort of, sort of lousy things that happen to both kinds of people, right? It's not that the hero is a hero because nothing bad ever happens. Right, stuff happens right? to everybody. Literally, you you become a hero by doing heroic stuff when bad stuff happens. I mean, you think about uh, firefighters and police officers and, and you know, mm-hmm. the folks who ran into the, the burning buildings on 9-11, right? They were able to, to be a hero because bad stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. It gave them an opportunity, didn't it? Yeah, but it's that choice you make when you're, when you're surrounded by good and bad, right? Do you make the most of every situation and do something that powerfully blesses other people and by so doing blesses yourself. It, if that's the choice you make, whatever the circumstances is that's handed to you, well, then you're, you're in that hero paradigm. You've decided to do something productive and valuable and helpful with whatever comes your way. Mm-hmm. But, but a victim feels disempowered. They just say, well, look, I, I can't do anything because of these bad things that keep happening to me. Mm-hmm. When a hero would take the same exact circumstance and make of it something amazing. And it's not the circumstances that matter. No, it's the choices. There's a there's a line from uh, from the Bible that I've that I've liked, and it has to do with God making the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. And that that's a great image. I think you walk out in the next rainstorm. Who's it falling on? Everybody. Just you, <laughs> or, or pretty much everybody. You know, that's a good way to look at it. And yeah. and uh, as stuff happens in the world. That, what are you going to do about it? What, which paradigm will you choose? And I think you're leading into a little discussion here too, Ross, about how it starts there. Right, that's you, the beginning. You pick your paradigm and then you go somewhere with it. Where do you go? What's next? And I think uh, what, the, what that does is it allows us to look at this instead as a spectrum or as a continuum. Right. We'll flesh that out a little bit more in our next segment. Stay with us.
Dr. Paul, The Shrink Who Expands Your Life. I'm so glad that you've joined me for the Live on Purpose podcast. Please visit my website, drpaul.org. There you can subscribe to my weekly easing, Empower. Browse the events page to get connected with what's coming up or pick up some CDs or other great products. I also want to point you toward our sponsors, creationtreecoaching.com and producerretreats.com. This is Ross Kellen Moore of Creation Tree Coaching, and I've got two questions for you. Who are you? What do you want? You see, I've figured out that you and I can absolutely create anything that we really want. But to do that, we've got to be absolutely clear on who we really are and what we really want. So what do you want? More financial abundance? More fulfilling relationships? A higher level of health and fitness? How about finding your work that allows you to create massive value for others in the way that you love most? Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching. We are the world's premier provider of abundance, education, and resources. We are here to help you create the life you really love. Begin now at creationtreecoaching.com. Check out our live teleseminar classes and podcasts. Get to know our coaches and schedule a coaching session. Explore training for your business and employees. Welcome to Creation Tree Coaching and a whole new world that you create on purpose. If you live in the Utah County area, and if you like what you hear on this program, then this opportunity is for you. I am hosting a weekly mastermind group called Paradigm Insurance every Wednesday from 4 to 5.30 at my office. Call Eric at 801-221-0223 for more details. We prefer an abundant atmosphere, so please wipe your mind before entering. That's 801-221-0223. So James, you were snickering a little bit at that last commercial. I love that. <laughs> Wipe your mind before entering. I have to give some credit for that little phrase to my friends at Braycon. And I think you'll be hearing more about Braycon in the future. Uh, but they had a sign on their door of their corporate office that said, We prefer an abundant attitude. Please wipe your mind before entering. And I love that. That's awesome. And James, you've been involved in this Wednesday group for quite a while. I have. What do you think of it? It has been well you use the term paradigm insurance and mm -hmm. that keeps my eyes on the goal that we were mm -hmm. talking about mm -hmm. but uh it has also taught me to that uh this is the starting point of my life i mean is today this moment mm -hmm. i am i'm yeah. the master of my ship and the rest the rest of your life starts now doesn't it absolutely well, we've appreciated your contributions there. And I, I put that little ad in uh, partially to remind me uh, to offer things to people. Because here, I, I was just realizing earlier this week, oh my gosh, I've got this group that meets every week. And it's usually a small group, isn't it, James? And that's kind of nice in some ways, but we've got room for other folks. 
Lots of people would be welcome because the more minds that we have there, especially the days that we've had a good number of people, those have been very dynamic discussions. And very helpful to, uh, toward helping me personally. The reason I started this group is because I wanted it, you know. <laughs> and so here it is. I've got, I've got an opportunity every week to get together with some like-minded people to really have some great discussions Hold each other accountable. Keep moving forward in, in a paradigm of success. And Ross, you've been on board with that group for not as long as James. Not as long as James, but you know what? It has had a significant impact on my life mm-hmm. in, in the sense that it has given me a place to come and sort of share my ideas with people who are like-minded. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they tell me, wow, that, that really makes sense and that really works. Or, dude, you're completely full of baloney. Like, you better rework that, you know? And the, some of the relationships that have come out of that um, that group meeting week after week have absolutely pushed me and my business forward, um, have helped me grow in ways that I wouldn't have been able to otherwise, and I think has done the same mm-hmm. for other people. Mm-hmm. So the three of us are there on a regular basis. Feel free, if you would like to join us, to give uh, give my assistant Eric a call at the office at 801-221-0223. We'd be happy to give you the details about how to get involved with that, what the fees are to participate, all of that kind of stuff. So uh, feel free to join on. Um, This concept of the two paradigms as being the starting points for a continuum or a spectrum, what that implies, Ross, is that, yeah, you can choose to be a hero or you can choose to be a victim in terms of your paradigm. But what happens after that? Where do you go after that? And I'm going to give, give you the mic here for a bit. To talk I, about I appreciate that. that. You know, what I've been experiencing with the folks that I coach, and in particular in my own life, right, is that if you are in one of those starter positions, I call them either the victim or the hero, you can't stay in, in either one of those spots forever, really. Because if you're a victim, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to get really tired of that after a while. And you have basically two choices, right? You can, you can sort of step forward into the paradigm of abundance, realizing that there's got to be something better out there. There's got to be a better way to live. And if you get hungry enough for it, you'll often go find it. Which, incidentally, is very awkward to do. Yeah, right. So if you're trying to make that shift and it's feeling awkward to you, great. That's probably good a good job, sign. right? And yeah. that's why we're here to help You're out you out of your frankly. comfort zone, right? That's why we have a coaching business. Ross. That's right to help people make that shift and begin to live their life in, in in the new and better way. Now, but here's the thing: you can either step forward into the new freedom of knowing that you're in control of your own life and have the power to create and be and do and have whatever you want, or you get so frustrated with being a victim that you go the other direction. So, if you've got this line with victim and hero and a scarcity and abundance on it. Put some arrows on the far ends pointing outward, right? Realizing that this line is a continuum, right? It's a, it's a line that goes forever in each direction. And if you're not moving from the victim space forward into the hero spot, then you're going to slide eventually. You're going to make a decision and, and go the other direction. And the, the, the word I like to use for something that's worse than a victim, James? Mm-hmm. The villain. The villain, right? I mean, I, I kind of like the comic bookness of of that. But the idea is, is that when when a victim gets sick of being a victim, they eventually decide to get what they feel like they're owed. And if they don't do it by by helping and blessing people by being a hero, then eventually, one way or another, they're going to do it by they're going to decide to get what they want 
whatever it takes. And that's what they do. They take, right? They take. I think if you, if you, if you look at any, any comic book arch villain or any sort of gang member in, in any, you know, inner city today or mafia thug or whatever, they come from a, a victim paradigm where they've decided to, to get what they want no matter what it takes and to take it to a new level. Yeah. Right. And so they, they use, they begin to use their God given talents and abilities to get what they want by taking and by hurting people. Right. But on the mm-hmm. other side there, can I just please yeah. plug a few examples here for because the images are helpful for me to understand this concept. When when you first introduced me to this idea, Ross, it was about the same time that there was a big news story all over the headlines about this guy at Virginia Tech. Right. Who had had just slaughtered some of the faculty and students there at the college. And he was glorifying it. He'd made this videotape of him holding these guns and he's all bad, you know. And uh, it really connected with me. He's not a victim. He's a villain. Right. You know? But he started as a victim. I'm saying this not even knowing him. That's not a judgment call. That's an observation. Right. Of the way this principle works. And, you know, I think the idea holds absolutely true if you look at sort of the, the despair and the oppression that people have been experiencing for generations in the Middle East. And you mm-hmm. and you look at the villains, right, that have been coming out of there, and what and how they choose to respond to their flying planes into yeah, our buildings you know, and things like that. I think that I think this idea absolutely describes human behavior pretty well. So here's the thing: if you're a victim, you either move forward into becoming a hero, or you slide back and make a decision to go the other way and play for the other team, right, and become a villain. Mm-hmm. The same is true though of if you're if you're already in the hero spot, um, you really can't stay there forever i don't think uh, you either you know get sort of lazy and forgetful and sort of slide back into that victim mode mm-hmm. or you decide to embrace your god-given talents and develop them and and move to the next level right that goes forever in that in that forward direction and and you know what's better than a hero right i i really like the word superhero because a superhero, right? A superhero and a hero have the uh, same... That's where you get to wear the cape, right? That's right. That's where the cape comes in. Um, I'm writing a book right now called The Secret Superhero in You. And it's about this idea that because you are the creator's child, you are filled with so much goodness and talent and ability and potential that it is that you have the... As you develop those gifts, you will find ways to express goodness and va- and create value in ways that seem miraculous to other people as they see you do it. Right? I, I Almost be- like a superpower. Like superpowers. That's the difference mm-hmm. between a hero and a, su- a superhero, right? They both understand that they're in charge of their life and that they get what they want in life by creating it, by creating goodness and value for other people. A hero creates what he wants and creates things that bless others but a a superhero see he takes his talents and abilities and he makes them so he develops them so much that they become they seem miraculous to other people and they create big they don't just create enough to get by right they create so much goodness and blessing and joy and abundance that it spills out on everyone else and it's like they have these superpowers of goodness Mm. does that make sense makes a lot of sense so 
Why stay put in the same place if you can move it to the next level? These these levels are all kind of slippery, right? So you're either moving forward, right, because you intend to, right, mm-hmm. or you're you're going to be sliding backwards the other direction. Now here's the thing: what what does a superhero and a villain have in common? I, I've touched on it, but and it doesn't always seem real obvious to people at first. But basically, it's the idea that they are both embracing their God-given talents and abilities, and they're developing them, right? The, it's just that the villain, you know, you read a comic book or watch a movie, right? The villains are geniuses, usually, right? The, the really scary ones. They use these, these great powers that they develop by embracing their, their inner abilities, their God-given talents and abilities, and they just decide to do it in ways that gets what they want by hurting people and taking but the same is true for the superhero. The superhero gets what they want in life by using their talents and abilities, their superpowers, right, to bless and create and, and do phenomenally good things. So one becomes a creator. And we talked about how you can't not create. But uh, on the other end of the spectrum, it looks more like the destroyer. Yeah. As opposed to the creator. Right, or the devourer or something like that. And those two those two words are very they stand in opposition to each other also. You know. I I've thought about producer and consumer and and uh, that sounds a lot like creator and destroyer also. Um that's a helpful concept to look at it as a spectrum. The interesting thing too though is that a, a villain, right, even the worst of villains is still a creator. Right? It's just that what they're creating is is not good, right? They're creating pain in the world and they're creating sort of chaos and, and all this bad stuff, but they're still in the creative process. They, they cannot turn off the flow of that cement. Meaning they're, they're making something. What is it they're making? Yeah, they're, they're mm-hmm. making stuff and they're, and they're using it to hurt people. Mm. Well, and there's a lot of examples about that. What if, what if each of you as listeners to this program first would realize that there there are these two very distinct paradigms in the world. The paradigm of scarcity and victimhood and and lack and blame. Okay? And then just try that on for a minute and see how it feels. How does it feel when I'm talking about it? Ew. I don't like it it's at like, all. Would you please move on to something else? It's you know, you just don't even want to go there. And then there's this other paradigm of abundance and creation and joy and liberty. Yeah. And you actually have the ability to choose one or the other. But as you said, Ross, you know, you're going you're gonna to take it farther than that. You won't stay stuck. No, nope. you're going to go one way or the other. Powerful concept. Thank you, James, for coming today. Glad to be here. Thank you, Ross, again. You're welcome. Always glad to be here. Keep your brain on, people. Think about what we've talked about, and please spread the word to other people. I would love to have that happen. We'll catch you next time on Live on Purpose.